Hello, good morning and welcome once again to a wonderful episode of Cool Pods podcast series. I'm your host Deepa Kulkarni and today we have uh, from the most beautiful land, a land of natural beauty, exquisite wildlife and um, uh, lovely people, uh, Chandru Wadhwani, who is the Joint Managing Director of Extra Pet. Welcome, Chandru. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Great to be here. Looking forward to this. Yes, absolutely delighted to have you here and um, uh, looking forward to a wonderful conversation with you. So, so uh, to start with, right, um, uh, Extrupet is the largest recycling and most advanced recycling plant for PET bottles to convert into resin for fiber food grade, non-food grade, and strapping grade materials. That is wonderful. So the business started almost uh, 21 years ago. Uh, its primary function was to recycle PET bottles for fiber grade applications, uh, which the group have an involvement with in West Africa and now in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, it evolved into the food grade space as a lot of pressure built up on the brand owners and retailers to put packaging back into what it was before and make it truly circular. And over time, we saw opportunities like making other products like strapping and monofilament. Mm-hmm. So we do different grades uh, with a big emphasis on on the food grade bottle to bottle side. Okay, that is wonderful, um, and also uh, you know you're the first recycling plant in the world uh, to be certified for British Retail Consortium, which is the BRC accreditation. Um, and congratulations for that. Thank you. And it's for converting. Uh, post-consumer PET flakes to recycled uh, PET for food packaging. That is wonderful. Now, how do you get to that accreditation? So to be honest, we were forced uh, to get a BRC accreditation. is an incredibly arduous and difficult process. So it's a quality management system on how you run your plants. It's incredibly prescriptive. But when we were setting up our first plant back in 2008... Uh, one of the pushbacks from retailers was, how do we know that your product is hygienic? So okay. when we thought ISO systems were the way to go, they introduced us to the BRC food safety systems. We made the inquiries to the UK mm-hmm. on how we might qualify. Mm-hmm. I still remember till today, the first person I spoke to in the UK laughing down the phone when I told him we were a recycling company looking to be BRC certified. He thought we were certifiable ourselves, quite frankly, Um, but we didn't have a choice. If we couldn't get that accreditation, it would have been very hard to sign on our first marquee customer, which was one of the big retailers in South Africa. And we're glad they did because every year since then, we've been re-audited and passed, and it's been a big selling point uh, for our resin to give brand owners and retailers the peace of mind that our product is safe. No, absolutely. It is very prestigious one. And uh, again, congratulations for that, uh, um, getting that accreditation. Thank you. 
So uh, coming, you know, we've been talking about sustainability and um, it's uh, it's basically what every company uh, is, uh, you know, doing right now is uh, having sustainability goals, right? So what are the sustainability measures that are being taken in South Africa in terms of recycling of plastics in any form? So it's been, like I said, a 20-year journey evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was left to the private sector to manage themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think over time, governments, not just here in South Africa, but globally have realized that there's uh, the scale of the challenge is a lot bigger. The usage of packaging, not just plastic, but everything is growing as global populations are growing. And we now have legislation, uh, which will come into force at the beginning of November this year forcing the producers of packaging to uh, uh, extol their uh, involvement in extended producer responsibility. Uh, It lays out targets for collections of different packaging streams, uh, not just plastic again, but glass and paper uh, and aluminium and metal, um, as well as uh, rates for reuse back into packaging, uh, which is quite encouraging. I think a lot of it is copy and paste of what many other parts of the world are doing. doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because quite frankly, as much as we grow recycling, sometimes the rate of consumption outstrips what we do. And the reality is we're actually dumping into the environment more every year than we're able to keep up with. So that's where we are now and looking forward to the rollout of this legislation. Oh, that's wonderful. In fact, that was what my next question was going to be. Uh, so you already answered that. Uh, anything you would like to add regarding legislations that are going to be uh, enforced in the future and how it's going to impact? Well, I think you know what it's also done is it's made people mindful of the need of design. Um, in many instances, a, a packaging item is condemned to become waste just because of poor design in the beginning. And where we were so focused on the PET bottle, we almost forgot that there was a different kind of plastic on the closure, a different kind of plastic for the label. And But for those being collected and recycled, those would end up in the landfill as well. So I think it's really opened up a lot of awareness for a lot of brand owners that the challenge starts with them. I think far too often we've passed it on to the consumer, wrongly so in my opinion. And this legislation is welcome from that standpoint. Of course, ultimately, the acid test will be on the rollout and the enforcement, which is a different challenge uh, in its own way. That's true. But do you also think um, like a simultaneous uh, education of consumers will also play a big part? It never hurts, but I think our experience and what a lot of people have worked out is that we don't have time Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the bigger crisis of climate change, yeah. uh, which is really where our focus should be, and true plastics packaging has a role to play, uh, we've come to realize that we can no longer wait for every single consumer to be educated. But it certainly can't harm the process to inform uh, consumers to make informed decisions about what they purchase, because ultimately what changes a brand owner true. is the purchasing power of consumers. And I think we're seeing now with millennials and Generation Z that they are actually shifting and forcing brand owners to relook at all sorts of products because it's not only packaging. 
what Very happens true. to our cell phones, our laptops, our iPads. Very um, true. At the end of the day, our motorcars. Yeah. Um, everything has an end of life. Yeah. Um, and I think to be able to educate more is important, but it shouldn't be what we hang our hopes on, if you know what I mean. Very true. Um, I totally agree with you there. Um, so, um, what what measures are being taken, um, you know, as far as educating the consumers um, by the brand owners over there? I mean, just as so again, I think again on the back of this push from governments on legislative requirements, mm-hmm. uh, added with consumer pushback. Um, that the times were actually almost getting farcical. You know, now suddenly everything has to turn to paper. Um, and you look at some products and now sure. we have a paper bottle that might be coming our way. So in terms of what measures they're doing, they're, they're putting more resources towards uh, getting the message out of what's actually happening okay. on the ground on recycling. Their commitments, uh, which for the longest time were just commitments, uh, they're now talking about their actual achievements. They're putting out figures of how far they've got, where they need to to get to. Um, Classic case of example was after years of pushing, uh, Coca-Cola took a leadership role here last year and moved their Sprite bottle from green to clear. Wow. And in the old days, they would have just made the change. Uh, Over here, they went on a big campaign to educate the consumer about why green is the new clear. Uh, which was a wonderful campaign because otherwise the average consumer just wouldn't understand what was the purpose behind it. Is it enough? No, but at least we're heading in the right direction. Um, And the call really, even from governments, is for the private sectors to do uh, a lot more on redesign as well as on education and informing customers. Very true. Um, And um, I don't know, um, have you heard my podcast with uh, Professor Edward Kozier? He's also mentioned this. He also has mentioned this, right? I'm a big fan of his. I must declare. Yes, I am too. I have a bad word to say about that. I know. I know, I know. And he's doing great work in this uh, field, you know. So um, I think, uh, yeah, that's that's really great. uh, I think that's a very good move on, uh, you know, part of Coca-Cola to do that. So um, my next question is, what are the challenges or disruptors in this recycling of plastic packaging in South Africa? So the biggest challenge, without a doubt, is the lack of collection infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have formal collection systems that you would see in the developed parts of the world. Um, we appreciate that. Uh, we have other challenges like housing and medical care, education is a big one. Um, so it becomes very difficult for certain governments to dedicate resources that you need to have separation and source that uh, you might have in, in, in where you live. Um, so that's the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one then is the um, enforcement of legislation uh, to make sure that bad packaging design doesn't end up uh, on our shelves um, because that increases our levels of contamination in our stream, makes it difficult to recycle certain products. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, something we talked about just a few minutes ago about education. Um, You know, when people aren't aware that ultimately they're the source of the pollution, the bottles don't end up in the ocean on their own. Sadly, I think we all have blood on our hands on that thing, but if people aren't aware 
about what are the good choices, it's difficult. Yes. You know, there's so many yes. other things going on, especially in an age of a pandemic. Very now true. Now you're trying to appeal to people to change consumption behavior, consumption yes. patterns. Yes. And one of the things I love about your series of your podcast is I think you're really touching on the nuances of recycling. It's not just about picking it up, sticking it in a machine, no. and going to make a bottle again. There's so much else to it. And to have people like Prof. Ed Cozier on your podcast is, is just wonderful. Yes, um, yeah, and uh, thank you very much for saying that. And uh, yes, that's why I'm doing this, uh, because I think uh, everyone needs to understand that it has to be efforts from the grassroots levels. Um, and everybody has to be aware of what are the, uh, you know, disruptors in uh, recycling uh, that that companies are facing that, um, um, you know, that need solutions. Yeah, it breaks my heart, you know, when I see some products on shelves, and it's not unique to packaging. Right. There are so many products that just fail on design before they ever make it to the shops. Yes. And if we could get consumers to be aware of that, Yes. Where then all of a sudden they're mindful about not purchasing things that haven't designed their afterlife. It helps recycling tenfold, if not more. I I hundred percent agree with you there. Um, that's why I feel educating the consumer. I think it starts with the mindset, you know, uh, changing the basic mindset, and that that does take time. So hopefully we are all uh, moving in the right direction. In, in that sense. Well, yes, but again, I think what I, I go to great pains to tell people, and, you know, we've just launched our third two-grade bottle-to-bottle line, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. It captures the sound waves in the media time, is to be more mindful of the bigger problem, which is climate change, and yes. our time is running out, you know. Uh, I agree. I, I, I believe a lot of the climate scientists get very upset on the focus on single-use plastics, which is a problem. Right. They're all like, you know, the whole house is burning down. True. And we're focusing on the plastic straw. Can we please stop talking <laughs> about the plastic straw? So this element of time and how it's running around out, um, you know, not going up by more than one and a half degrees. I don't know if it's the next 10 years or eight years or nine years, whatever's left, is so critical that sometimes the plastic debate takes away from, you know, what people really need to be focusing on. Very true. Um, and and uh, like you, you were talking about, right, uh, there are so many uh, uh, kind of uh, obstacle, obstacles for uh, recycling. Um, how about, uh, you know, labels and shrink wraps, um, you know, on bottles and uh, other products, uh, you know, plastic products? So I think I've become the merchant of doom for shrink sleeve labels. I'm losing what few friends I had. Um, the reality is, and it's pure common sense, you know, my mind boggles sometimes where people try to argue their way out of it. Shrink sleeve labels are very problematic to remove. They're possible contaminations to a PET recycling stream. But worst of all, they don't have an end life themselves. Very true. So even though we focus on easy separation and non-contamination, I'm still waiting to hear for solutions of what to do it, with it at its end of life. Um, over and above that, you know, sometimes we'll see metal closures on a PET bottle that just condemns the bottle to not be collected in the first place. Right. Uh, I think you and I were talking the other day that there's a big move to redefine the word recycle. 
Yes. It's been too freely used to sell a multitude of products. But now people are wanting to tag on a metric to it. Yeah. But just don't tell us it's technically recyclable. Show us how much of it actually got picked up and physically recycled. And if it wasn't minimum 50, 60, 70% or whatever it was, then stop using the word recyclable. And right. labels have a big impact on plastic bottles, not just PET, Very but true. HDP bottles as well, yeah. which we recycle. Yeah. Closures have a big impact. Yeah. Colorant has a big impact. And also, we see sometimes people printing on the bottle directly, not realizing that that condemns it uh, to the landfill. Yeah. So the small facets are so important to get right. If we I agree. Not just the bottle recycle, but yeah. you know the label itself, label. the closure itself, and the well. closures. Yeah. So in fact, cool. yeah. In fact, uh, I did a, a podcast with uh, an interview with uh, Alison Lin, who is the vice president of uh, uh, procurement and sustainability at Westfall Technique, and this is what we talked about uh, about caps and closures and how uh, you know that can be handled. Um, and also talked about pigments that can be used, uh, what should be used, and things like that. So, and it is an issue, like you said, it's the whole whole package uh, that needs to be addressed there. So, um, talking about um, you know, um, given all the uh, you know the beautiful large coastline uh, you have in South Africa. Uh, how are you dealing with the challenge of ocean plastics? To be very honest, we're not. Um, there have been actually some very good studies that the leakage into oceans mm -hmm. uh, doesn't really originate a lot from our part of the world. I think a lot of it comes from Asia. Right. Uh, sadly, the reality is a lot of it is ending up in our beaches. So more than ocean cleanup, we're looking at beach harvesting. But I can't begin to tell you how difficult it is. It's almost what you clean up today, double the amount lands on your shores tomorrow. And right. again, as a resource challenge part of the world, we have to be mindful about where we spend our resources. I think some other good studies have identified that 80% of what's floating in the oceans actually was first dumped on land. Yes. So from my individual perspective, when I get a chance to talk about it, it's telling people, you know, stop wasting money trying to suck it out of the oceans. Fix the problem on land. If Maybe. we don't have leakage on land, we're very unlikely to find this stuff in the ocean in the first place. I know. It that's breaks my heart. sometimes my concern that we shift yeah. the debate it, to it, not really yeah. fixing the problem at its source. I agree. You know, once it's in the ocean, I think it's a little too late. Yes. yes. Yes, you're right. And, it, and it's really heartbreaking to see that... Um, such beautiful coastlines and um, beautiful oceans they're just getting polluted day after day and especially with this pandemic it's getting worse well i think another interesting point for your viewers to ponder on there was an opinion piece written i forget the author of it and mm -hmm. the subject matter was is if all we do are beach cleanups then all we will ever do are beach cleanups and when you stop for a minute and think about that what it's really telling you is that's not the solution. So another place where I lose friends from time to time is when people, you know, want us to support beach cleanups and I'm trying to tell them to stop. Stop the beach cleanups, let the pile of rubbish gather up, let it, you know, move so far inland that now it's the reverse. It lands up at our front door and maybe people will finally realize <laughs> that we were the source of the problem. 
you know, what's floating out there. True. It didn't just land up there on its own. True. So I actually encourage people to not do beach cleanups because I want that time. Because you want them to realize. To tackle the main yeah. challenge, which is what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Behavior. Very you know, true. Behavior. behavior yes. Patterns, and yes. I'm looking forward to your future podcast when you get some of those experts on. Yes. To talk to us about how do we then change that. Because I'm convinced if we change that, then there's no more ocean waste. You're right. Um, and, and that's what I was talking about when I said mindset is actually what I meant was also consumer behavior. And um, we are, we, you know, uh, that's why I feel education, you know, plays a huge part. And um, even if it's a little bit, we can see that people are getting aware, consumers are getting aware, um, you know, of not using plastics or um, feeling that how harmful it is. And, and it, it is pinching somewhere, uh, you know, so and that's why I do these podcasts, because I do want people to realize um, and just become aware um, of, uh, you know, the huge problem that we all are facing and our future generation is, I mean, they have a task at their hands. So, um, yeah, it's trying, to, it's trying to get people to that epiphany moment. Yes. You know, when the light bulb goes on. Yes. Uh, it, it is happening. Maybe. More, more people moving courtesy of your podcast. Yes. More grease to your elbow. Yes, absolutely. I mean, thank you. I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. And um, it is happening, like I said, but maybe at small levels somewhere, um, you know, but, but definitely that awareness is growing. Um, and, and that will ultimately change because what consumers will Correct. demand is what, Correct. you know, the brand owners will have to work with. Right. So, so yeah. Um, the other question I have is if someone has a potential interest to invest in a recycling plant or in any other area of sustainability, what would you advise them? Um, I mean, invest in South Africa. So again, I, I think it's be mindful of the local context. Um, we get people all the time. We had a, a Japanese party, I think five years ago, mm-hmm. wanting to put up a, put up a test pyrolysis plant. Uh, it just didn't work. And I think sometimes foreign investors make the mistake of forgetting about local context. You know, the African dynamics are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say too challenging in South Africa. It's actually quite a advanced economy in the African context and very welcoming to foreign investors. Uh, but I think you have to be mindful of making sure that whatever your solution is on sustainability has a home in our landscape over here. I think foreign investors have come and just found they're not relevant or they didn't consider certain dynamics that were different from their home countries. But right. I, I think really the whole world has opened up to investments in the space of sustainability in South Africa is no different. Very true. Very true. Um, and, um, you know, um, uh, obviously, uh, there are a lot of brand owners that are right now there in South Africa. Um, is there, uh, what would you think, um, you know, brand owners should do uh, or be mindful of, um, in your opinion? I think that it's no longer business as usual. And it's almost now I can start, you know, pinpointing those who have versus those who haven't. But what's encouraging is that those who have 
I've actually realized there's an opportunity there because not everybody will realize. Not everybody will be ready for this legislation. Not everyone will be ready for the consumer pushback. You know, as Generation Z grows up and gets more purchasing power. So some brand owners have become incredibly clever about mapping future market opportunities based on their ability to, to look at business as no longer as business as usual, which is encouraging. Right. Sadly, there's still some who are, for whatever reason, stuck in the dark, don't want to come out of the dark, just love the way things were before. Um, but there are signs that there are quite a few now who are realizing they can't continue. So that's the best advice I can give. Don't, don't continue what was before. It's broken. Very true. Um, yeah, and uh, with changing times, you have to change. And, um, you know, and nature is forcing us in a way, don't you think? I mean, if ever there was a clarion call to change our lives, wasn't it COVID-19? But the sad thing, COVID-19 wasn't the first clarion call and won't be the last. I agree. So how do you get people to change behavior? I do. You know, I how many of these warning signs do we need before we realize we're burning our own house down? Yes, um, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and um, yeah, uh, let's hope, let's hope we are all uh, moving in a great direction. We are all... Uh, moving in the direction of change and uh, uh, hopefully we will change our mindset. So we will, um, you know, uh, starting from the consumer behavior. Uh, so hopefully there'll be more efforts there. So uh, I think it's been great talking with you, Chandru. It's so, um, Thank you. it's been very educating, um, you know, to, uh, to have this conversation with you. And I'm so glad that uh, we could connect because, uh, you know, it's very important uh, to find out what is happening in your part of the world, you know. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity um, for you also to voice it out. Well, just on that, I'm so grateful because many a time we see these wonderful inventions that's going to fix all our plastic pollution problems. But the launch is never in Africa. So I hope through this podcast we can appeal to the clever scientists and the rich oil companies and whoever's coming up with this stuff. Don't forget there's other parts of the world as well. So I'd really appreciate the opportunity uh, just to get those kind of messages out. Thank you so much. You know, I'm, uh, it's been absolutely a pleasure of mine to do this um, and have you here. Um, uh, and I hope, uh, you know, a whole lot of people will listen to these podca uh, this podcast of mine. Um, and uh, as you said, uh, you've given a lot to think about. Um, so thank you very much for being with us here today. And I hope to see you again in the future. And I really I want to have me back with the prop one day. Yes, yes. Maybe we can find something to disagree about. It should <laughs> be an interesting podcast. But thank you. Really appreciate it. Well done. Keep them going. Thank you so much. And please do keep sharing these, um, you know, on, um, I have it on all podcast uh, platforms. Uh, you could share it on LinkedIn uh, because the, the larger... About the sustainability of debt. Yes. Yes, One absolutely. Day. Absolutely. And then uh, we'll, we'll work it out. <laughs> that would be an interesting topic. <laughs> Thank you. But to I am absolutely looking. We almost made it to South Africa in 2016, uh, me and my well, brother. Once this is all done and we're vaccinated, we look forward to welcome. 
thank you so much. Uh, yes, it's a beautiful land and uh, we pray that uh, it stays that way. So thank Perfect. you. Thank you. Thank you once again and to everyone Thanks. to everyone who is listening um thank you for being here with us and hope you all enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed bringing this to you um and uh, if you uh, you know you can go to my website and subscribe it's uh, www.sustainablepackagingservices.com and if you subscribe, you do get notification for uh, the future podcasts and every podcast that I do. Uh, so thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with us. Um, have a wonderful and blessed day. Awesome. Thanks, Deepaji. Look forward to seeing it on LinkedIn. Yes. Thank you so much. Take care.